Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Who's gonna win it? The Celtics! I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die! Wow! Yeah, I thought it was funny. 1-800-CALL-JOE The Playing Catum Podcast Please clap. Hello! Welcome back to the Playing Catch Up Podcast. I am, once again, Brian Foisy. And I am, once again, Everett Beals. Or am I? No. We have returned from our one-week hiatus. Oh, we know you missed us dearly. I certainly missed Brian. We didn't... We didn't want to talk about the impeachment. No, I just... We didn't want to talk about the Super Bowl. So we just... We just skipped it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's vacation oh. and... Who needs it? I'm vacationing. I'm out here in a nondescript location that isn't my home. I am vacationing in my basement. It's kind of (laughs) cold. It's a little rustic on one side. But you know what? It's home. And I love it. Brian, what went on this week, man? What did we miss? Well, Everett... We're gonna talk about the headlines, but let me give them a let me give them a, a little hint of what's gonna happen in this episode. So, WandaVision, great television program. It's been heating up. We love it. We will not be discussing WandaVision per se because the whole season has not come it's out, and I have not, not seen yet. the most recent episode. It's not done. It's not done. So we thought, as a new segment of the Playing Catch Up podcast. We would do a March Madness style bracket of all 23 Marvel films plus WandaVision and determine what is the greatest Marvel movie. The GMM. The GMM. What? The Good Morning Maryland. Yes. The the Marvel Gauntlet. <laughs> the, ex- the, the Marvel Gauntlet, which... Brian and I have analyzed professionally. We have gone over the data, and I am prepared to make an accurate and empirical decision. And later in the episode, as always, we will have our our Bozo of the Week segment. And who doesn't love Bozo of the Week? Brian's mom. Literally nobody. That she does like it? Yeah, they thought that went a little too far. I, I think that's enough. You can leave. Um, but first, as always, I think I'm about to sneeze, but I can hold it in. We have headlines of the week. I believe, Everett, you have the first one. Oh my gosh. Okay, here I go. After several days of record freezing temperatures across the interior of our nation... Temperatures in the American Central South appear to be finally returning to their seasonal norms. The blanket of severe weather which struck the country this week caused ice storms and extreme freezing in much of Texas, Oklahoma, and other surrounding states. The Texas in particular suffered due to a crippled electricity grid, burst pipes, and food and water shortages. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a disaster declaration on February 12th that the state government has come under criticism for Texas's inflexible energy system independent from the national grids, and largely reliant on fossil fuels. The governor has since declared power grid winterization as an emergency item for the state legislature in the coming session, though anger has swirled in Texas and abroad, causing a renewed interest there in preparing for climate change-induced disasters and other extreme weather events. Brian, man, this is pretty bad down there. 
Yeah, it's looking pretty crazy. Everybody, you know, we've slowly come to uh, become accustomed to the climate change caused super storms and wildfires that have been happening the past three years. But I don't think people realize that it was also going to get pretty cold, <laughs> um, you know, and it would have out of season weather, extreme out of season weather. Um, and I think that this is another example of where, you know, in normal times, if it wasn't so partisan and wasn't so divided, Americans would be like, holy shit, we got to stop this from happening all the time. But no, it has to be politicized. You know, Greg Abbott, who um, will be featured in the Bozo segment for sure. No doubt in my mind. Greg Abbott is already spinning this situation as the wind turbines failed us. The natural gas failed us. All of our renewable energy sources failed us. No. Why do you have to take this opportunity to exacerbate the issue that has created this disaster in the first place? I don't understand how they, you know, get off on this. How they always have to make a way to say... And you know what? Fuck climate change, too. People who are concerned about it. Um, yeah, it seems like, but, as usual, I don't know, for some of the more extreme populists, it was like another opportunity to say, look what the liberals did. And I think it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who's like, how can you be criticizing policies for the Green New Deal if they haven't even happened yet? Um, and while it's true that, yeah. like, I don't know, some of the wind turbines were frozen, it's because they refused to, it, it's all related to climate change, because the things that weren't, you know, the things that aren't resilient through cold temperatures were not winterized, because, I mean, like our congressperson Shelley Pingree was saying, the, the wind turbines in Vinyl Haven, where it's, like, in the teens, are working fine, um, and it, I, I, it's just, it's very frustrating because um, I think for everybody, you know, across the country, and it's like, how many times does the American South, but especially like Texas, Louisiana, have to be like the epicenter of the climate crisis? And how many times to like normal people there have to have to suffer, um, like through, starting with Katrina, but then with the hur- the last few hurricane seasons we have, which absolutely... Hurricane Maria. Right, which absolutely devastated Houston. Now Houston, again, is suffering with extreme colds, you know, no clean running water, no electricity. Um, and for a large part, it seems like the Texas GOP has just let it happen because they've deregulated the electricity grids, but it's also been annoying to see online, mostly white liberals say like well you voted for this so it's your fault and you're stupid and you know like not everyone's saying that but you know like you were saying this is like a moment where people should be coming together like oh my god if you didn't think this was a problem before here's your evidence again um yeah right so it's frustrating to see people still trying to play you know blaming each other on both sides but we know that the actual problem was enabled by the oil-funded uh, GOP in Texas. So, And, you know, 
this probably is a little bit of a hot take, but get ready. Put your gloves on. You can't just you can't just you can't just fully say the oil funded GOP because you know up until about like five years ago, it was also the oil funded uh, Democratic Party as well. well that, that's right. Yeah. Um, Only recently have they started and, to let go of like fracking. <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden. And gets there are for that, still but. very few uh, you know, Democrats in leadership that are. Uh, willing to take aggressive stances on combating climate change, it's 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 now reached a level within the Democratic Party of like, all right, this is something we can campaign off of. Here's something that we can you know make people all freaked out about. Um, it's still you know with some very far um, far and few between few and far between. Oh, I don't know how to say that. Few and far. Between. Few and far between. Far. That's right. Few and far between examples, it's still not really being acted upon. But it's being accepted by more people, which, like, right. cool, excellent that's job good. for accepting the thing that has existed for, you know... You did it. You, you did 30 science. years, people, scientists have been saying about this. Yeah. If you've, been, if you've been paying attention, you would have, you know... So you're saying that Democrats are, like, I guess those that... I, I, I mean, Ed Markey, Chuck Schumer, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez come to mind for people who are like pretty active on that front but maybe not chuck schumer as much um we're all to blame but like are I'm you saying, saying that like it. lots of people in the in that party have been finding it easier and easier to campaign on it without actually needing to fulfill any promises or even make any if they just act like it's important gee that's pretty stupid huh obama Care about climate change in the pe- in the final two years of your administration. Enact the Paris Climate Accord. <laughs> Don't put any binding parts of it. Don't attempt to ratify it in Congress. And, uh, you know, pat yourself on the back. Call yourself a great progressive. We did I'm it. Barack I Obama. solved all the problems. I'm the greatest guy of all time. Yeah, reading yeah. his book right now, that's kind of what he's... He's like, I always... I'd like to hit the, the insult Obama button once an episode. Yeah. We're just gonna do a. <laughs> you're gonna do a hit job Obama episode. Oh my gosh. No, I said every episode I'm gonna have to hit the uh, insult Obama button. button. Okay. Moving on, but staying within this story, sort of. Everyone's favorite goblin, Ted Zodiac Killer Cruz, was caught getting on a plane to Cancun, Mexico, this week, fleeing the freezing temperatures of Texas. After word got out that Cruz had made the trip, he immediately apologized, but his explanation made things a little worse for old Teddy. Ted claims that his daughters wanted to go on a pre-planned vacation with their friends, and Cruz was only chaperoning the kids down in Mexico, and that he just wanted to be a good dad. Everett, there has been, you know, in the mainstream media, a, uh, you know, your typical morning shows. There has been a lot more coverage of this story versus, you know, the stuff that's actually happening in Texas. And our next, you know, couple of stories, uh, Governor Cuomo, who is, you know, corrupt, as we've seen now, people are really freaking out about this whole plane thing. But does any of it actually matter? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like the yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean... I wish he hadn't done that. But who... Th- th- was Ted Cruz going to turn back the power? I mean, I'm not here defending Ted Cruz, but, like, shut up. 
Who cares? Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, I don't watch, like, today because I don't have cable anymore. I'm not surprised if what you're saying is right, that a lot of cable stations are finding it really easy to pick up on this because everybody, everybody on both sides of the aisle loves to hate Ted Cruz. I do not like the mm. guy either. It's very easy because he is a goblin. Um, but, like you said, it really... You know, it's bad, but it's the kind of thing they'd pick up on because it's more of a tangible political human interest story. It's one person we can blame, and they don't care mm-hmm. as much about running trauma 24-7 when really it's the more important thing. You know, it doesn't mean you have to show people drowning, it, but you have to cover it because that's what's happening. Yeah. And people need the information because it's not just happening there because that cold front was... What, like not 85% of the country, the whole interior, so plus most of the Northeast? Like, so, but I mean, he should have been there. There's definitely things senators can do. Um, it doesn't, you know, and that does mean, yeah, he can get on the phone with the governor and say, and the other senator and the rest of. Coordinate you know, between. They can, he can. He's very well off and but, respected but he guy. He doesn't in, have in an, an actual. He can get on the horn and say, like, "Hey, Governor, let's direct some resources towards something." Or you know, I, I'm like copying. But it's not what, like he was shirking any specific duty. Is, the though. little dude with the glasses, but he was like, if nothing, you could have just been out there and been like, "Go help your neighbors," or maybe he yeah. doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he has some huge mansion thing, but. I do not think it matters either. I think it was not surprising because he's stupid. But there's definitely things a if, senator if can the do Today Show, a natural disaster. I'll wait you finish. I'm done. If the Today done, Show... Go ahead. If the Today Show or Good Morning America or other shows like that had replaced every minute they talked about Ted Cruz going to Cancun or whatever, they replaced every minute of that with an interview with a climatologist or an interview with an environmental activist or the head of the EPA or something. Scientists or even just They like, replace every minute of that. Right. Every minute of their Ted Cruz coverage with actual information about, here's climate change. It's at your doorstep. How many people would have been swayed to, you know, believing in climate change? And believing that it is already having a disastrous effect on them. And it could sway some people to make lifestyle choices. Changes, I mean. How much good would that have done if they had replaced the hours of coverage they've done on this? You know, if people, Twitter uh, political influencers, had, you know, replaced every tweet they made about Ted Cruz trolling him for getting on a plane with... Hey, climate change is at your doorstep, buddy. Like, would not, wouldn't that have been a better use of their time <coughs> instead of raking somebody over the coals, as we often see today? You know, this could have been a very, very good teaching moment for the country to see, hey, climate change, it's right here, guys. But no, we have to spend it on Ted Cruz and his family went to Cancun. Yeah, and well, you know, I, what you said <coughs> is obviously true, but Ted Cruz doesn't have a specific 
uh, duty that he was shirking by going to Cancun. It's not like Ted Cruz was supposed to be doing something. He could have been doing something. He could have been coordinating between, you know, maybe drafting legislation for disaster relief or something like that. He could have been doing something like that. But it's not like he was you know, supposed to be out there helping people. He could have been. Well, yeah, it's not part of his job. To, it's not part of the job description. It's yeah. what it is. Is it's just it's it's bad optics. But like you were saying, yeah, I cannot imagine that it would have been bad for anybody that they covered something actually important. Um, though it would have been surprising, right? Let's move on to our pals over at Robinhood. Oh, Jesus! How about those guys? Huh? Like their CEO, Citadel. Flat, is it? It's Vlad Tenev, right? And saying it right? Anyway, he's the CEO Something of the funny. stock trading app Robinhood, which we covered a while ago. And he has come under fire for limiting trading on stocks, primarily for the company GameStop, during the now famous short squeeze of just a few weeks ago. And he was grilled yesterday in a committee hearing of the House Financial Services Committee, where politicians from both parties agreed in identifying Mr. Tenev as what Nate Popper and Matt Phillips of the New York Times called a, quote, villain in the saga. Congress people demanded accountability from Mr. Tenev, trying to discover why his company limiting trading, which you are not supposed to do, and why he would allow or encourage users to even make risky deals like they did. That was mostly coming from the Republican side, but Tenev appeared to be mostly apologetic, though committee members continually pressed him, also touching on concerns that the company's message of democratized trading um, with the irony of their name being Robin Hood, was hardly true in fact, and bring up instances of people who had then gone on to hurt themselves from losing all kinds of money, um, while others argued that this kind of addictive trading could even be harmful, sort of like, I don't know, loot boxes. That's not nearly the same, and I don't think it's so much a problem, so much as a company that claims to stand for democratized trading and making it something that the average person can do and not just the wealthy elite um, who are then bowing down to their corporate overlords. Um, but generally the hearing was, was pretty aggressive and Congress people from both sides were very much into making him the villain, uh, which is essentially true, but it seemed like most people like were willing to get on in on it, um, even if maybe it was just for optics. You know, probably lots of Congress people own stock. But what did you make of it, Brian? Well, Everett, I don't necessarily have a take on these hearings exactly because I didn't follow them. I didn't watch all them too closely. However, I've said that I'm in an, a nondescript location. Not different from my house. I have a family friend who lives in this general area of whatever nondescript location I'm in. This unnamed family member, family uh, friend, uh, actually knows Gabe Plotkin. Okay. Right. It's not necessarily important. But he also has inside information to the financial system. What I found out through talking to him about this is that... The primary or, like, the biggest um, uh, funder of both Gabe Plotkin's firm, Melvin Capital, 
is like a firm called Sequoia. I think, I don't know if they're a firm. They're some sort of financial entity called Sequoia. Sequoia is also the primary funder of Robinhood. So the Melvin Capital that everybody was going after is funded by the same people that bankroll Robinhood. Do you understand how that's... How that might be a problem? So the whole thing was like the hedge funds made them stop. Um, it was probably not that. But the Sequoia, you know, firm is could have been like, hey, Robinhood, we bankroll these guys. We also bankroll you. Cut the shit. <laughs> okay? Turn off this stock. Um, and also during the same time that Robinhood and other firms turned off the ability for trading for retail investors, all of the hedge funds got into it and they also started buying, uh, GameStop and AMC and all those things. So it's a, it's a complex issue. Um, as per usual, the democratic and Republican congressmen, use this as an opportunity to make political overtures about their general observations of the economic system and the political system, rather than, you know, saying, hey, Sequoia, maybe you shouldn't be involved in both of these things. Um, <clears throat> they took it as an opportunity to do some grandstanding and not actually pass any legislation or do any oversight, which is... You know, the way our government works. Yeah, that was the impression <laughs> I got. That and do nothing. <laughs> they were just kind of taking opportunities to be like, look at me, I'm, I'm really fighting for you because this is a non-divisive issue, which we can all agree on. So I can, mm. I can stand up and get really angry and people will love me. All I'm going to do is shit on them and I'm not going to help you unless you want to feel good from me making fun of them. Right. You know, if you feel if you feel empowered because your representative got to make fun of some guy, that's great. Are you gonna get a better situation? Not anytime no. soon. <laughs> uh, nihilism. People, um, am I right? <laughs> this sucks. Um, our final story. Oh. Of the oh, week. boy. Oh, my God. This freaking hey, guy. Walk us Governor through. Andrew Cuomo of the great state of New York is enduring a bit of a rough patch right now, to say the least. The governor is poised to be our first back-to-back bozo in the storied three-episode history of this segment. Right. Um, but for, you know, the background of it, since our last episode and our last... Uh, installment of the Cuomo Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what's happened to our old buddy. Catch us up. The FBI is opening an investigation into Cuomo's handling of nursing home deaths and the cover-up uh, resulting. Uh, the New York State Assembly is creating an impeachment commission, and the U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn is launching their own investigation as well. Democratic representatives in the state assembly are also coming out alleging Cuomo of years of bullying and mistreatment, as well as Bill de Blasio, New York City mayor, who said that, quote, the bullying is nothing new and bullying is, quote, classic Cuomo. 
Cuomo for a while, as he made the point on our last episode, has marketed himself as the anti-bozo or the anti-Trump. I'm a New Yorker. I'm sort of stern like Trump, but I, you know, believe in our systems of government and our laws. I'm not a bully. I'm helpful. I go after the bullies. Turns he out... bullies the bullies. <laughs> turns out that he, you know, Apple doesn't fall from far from the Trump tree for this guy. Um, you know, he's not obviously not as bad as Trump. I don't know. He's he's reaching Trump levels of corruption and hypocrisy that um, one would not have expected if he didn't live in the state of New York um, a few months ago. Now, Everett, what more evidence do we need before we send that godforsaken hellhole New York State into the depths of the briny blue? Jesus. You know, I thought it would be we'd be cutting off Florida and letting it set to sea before we ever no. remove the state of New York. But it would appear that a certain bozo has caused a great deal Ron of Ron DeSantis is actually doing a pretty good job. Ron DeSantis? Um, yeah. What makes you say that? Isn't it, but just humor me here. The guy who got rid of... was like, hey guys... Do whatever you want. <laughs> no. Okay. I get that he's a bozo. But also, look to the West. Look at California. They had the most stringent COVID restrictions of any state in the union. Governor Newsom is facing a potential recall, you know. And they have the highest uh, amount of deaths of any state. And of any place in the world. They're the COVID capital of the world right now. New York, at the beginning of the pandemic, was in a similar situation. You know? Um, and there's whole, this whole nursing uh, home thing and the corruption resulting. Um, but if you look down, you know, towards the Florida region, <laughs> where things are looser, obviously... However, relative to other states of similar population, it's not crazy, you know? Obviously, in the United States, we've done a bad job as a whole. But compared to California, which is sort of claiming, you know, we're the, we're the best at this. And then New York, too, which are claiming we're the best at this. They both are, you know the sister capitals of COVID of the entire world. Florida, a little looser, a little, you know, rejection of science, you might say. You know, a, a little. However, it's not crazy relative to the other large states. And Ron DeSantis isn't out here all day saying, look at me, look how, you know, amazing I am at handling everything. Um, he does appear on Fox News a lot, but... Do you get what I'm saying? Conservative Brian Foisy has been evolving over the last few episodes. Um, But do you you get what I'm trying to say? Is that these guys are marketing themselves as, look at us. We're the smartest that there's ever been. 
but they have two of the worst situations of any state in the country. And California right now is also a godforsaken hellhole, you know? True. People are, are fleeing at such an uh, incredible level that they might lose a house seat. That's how bad this situation is. And both of those governors may legitimately be impeached or recalled or some other form of retribution that Ron DeSantis is not getting. Um, it seems like our, you know, uh, those two government governor hunks in Newsom and Cuomo that we had long been saying are, you know, God's gift to the world <laughs> are God's no longer chosen, what they yeah. claim to be. <laughs> Somewhat ineloquently, my point is Cuomo and Newsom are bad. They've proven themselves to be bad. They've been telling us for months and months of how great they are. The situations are not very good. Florida, however, relative to other large states, is average. It has a really good vaccination rate, has some great hospitals, um, but it's all at the same time not claiming to be, you know, we're number one. Not as arrogant and pompous as Newsom or Cuomo. Right. I guess I, if you'd accept this argument, <laughs> it, it Brian said it and it's done. Um. Yeah, I feel like I haven't read enough about Cal the Cal what's going on in the uh, the the California. I will say it's definitely has the most people though by a lot, so that's something. But um, that definitely contributes to the problem. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you're saying, especially in Cuomo. But you have like these guys who are like, we're super cool, and then it's like, you know, whenever they are under the spotlight, they're they're messing up. But for someone else who's just you know trying to do their jab it's it works out fine so not fine florida is not things fine, are by bad any, by any measure things are bad everywhere right but relative to other places but i mean who's the premier governor at this point we were have been saying janet mills i love newsom i love um cuomo for months and months um, although people in those states warned us they were both assholes. Right. But who's, you know, who's God's gift to the world now? Who's the greatest governor? Is it Janet? It is Janet. Everybody loves Janet. Janet spoke to the UN a couple of years back. She's done a great job with, you know, handling of COVID. It's not incredibly clamped down in Maine, but it's not Florida. You know, there's, there are hap- there's a happy medium. We're doing pretty good with vaccinations. We're ahead. We're in the um, top, like, we're, we're in the top, like, ten. We're no Israel, but we're doing fine. Am I right? Hey, things can change. All right, Everett, is that the end of our, is that the end of our headline segment? I think we'd better be done. Okay. Coming up next, our Marvel tournament. But first, a little music so that I can... Take a break and pull out a new tab on my Safari.
Alright, welcome back. It's time for our Marvel tournament. So let me first explain how we created this. We're doing a, a regular bracket. Um, it's, you know, seeded like a bracket is. Um, we've determined the seeding based off of Rotten Tomatoes score, which we both acknowledge is somewhat of an imperfect system, but it's the best we were going to get. Um, but here is the seeding um, from 1st to 24th. First seed is Black Panther, then you have Iron Man, Avengers Endgame, Thor Ragnarok, WandaVision, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Far From Home, Doctor Strange, Captain America, The First Avenger, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man, Iron Man 3, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and finally Thor, The Dark World. That's the 24th seed. Um, another bit of information. So this bracket has um, three rounds, then a semifinals, then a finals. Uh, but the first round... Um, does not include all of the the uh, films because some of them have a, a bye week um, because they are higher seeds and because of numbers or whatever. So, Everett. Yes. Here's our first matchup. Let's get into it. Let's, Let's get into it. Let's just do it. Our first matchup. Ant-Man versus Iron Man 3. You have the floor. You talk about it. From what I recall, this might be kind of. Simple. Oh, can we also go off of what 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 your um, what our rationale is? Here? Oh yeah. So, quality of film. Uh-huh. Importance to the success of Marvel as a franchise, like Iron Man isn't the the best Marvel movie, but it was the first one, so it gets extra points for that. Um, and then, enjoyment and the factor. Third, yeah. Was it fun Our to personal watch? enjoyment of Was the movie. Was it entertaining? Yeah. Okay. Let me walk so, you through this. All right. Ant-Man or Iron Man 3? I was little, a little guy, when Iron Man 3 came out. And, frankly, I thought it was scary. Ant-Man was good. I thought it was different. And I, Paul Rudd rocks hard. I'm going to have to give it to Ant-Man because I thought it was cool. It was a different thing. And Jimmy Woo was in it. So And we love that guy. So I'm giving it to the the man of the ants. Oh yeah. You know, Everett, I'm gonna agree with you. I think Ant Man is the consensus here. Iron Man three sort of seemed like a contractual obligation in the Robert Downey Jr. contract. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the one with the with the Mandarin character. Is that correct? Yeah, that's his name. Um, and that whole that whole thing was a little weird, a little wacky. It was a botched aspect. Is before Marvel really figured out how to do villains. Some would argue they don't know how to do villains still, um, but it was obviously one of the more forgettable movies. Not Thor: The Dark World, but still, not not anything special. So we're going to go with Ant-Man. Ant-Man moves on. Okay, our next matchup. 
Captain America Winter Soldier or Thor The Dark World? I don't think we even have to debate this for a second. No. I think it's obvious what the answer is. Winter Soldier. Right. I'm with you there. I, no contest. I think this next one could also be a no contest situation. Captain America or Thor? Captain America. Yeah. I kept America the first Avenger. Does get a little bit of a bad rap. I think, in my opinion, I thought it people was good. tend I to like, like that movie. Winter Soldier. I, I like it. I think it has a lot of heart to it. I um, thought it was fun. And I like I like the throwback elements of it, too. Thor, forgettable. It was not a good character until Thor Ragnarok. Right. We can all say that. But the thing is, you know, I think every now and again, there's nothing wrong with just making a really solid film where they're punching Nazis. It's mm-hmm. a good flick. How can you disagree with what's happening? I mean, yeah. am I right? Captain America moves on. All right. Victory. Doctor Strange or Avengers Age of Ultron? Now, I think two months ago, or before WandaVision came out, Doctor Strange would have been the consensus favorite here. The odds-on favorite. However, I think there's been a lot of renewed interest in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, because of its, you know how much it informs a lot of what happens in WandaVision. I really enjoyed Doctor Strange. I saw it on a Disney cruise. Obviously adds in a lot of sentimental value there. Benedict Cumberbatch, he's a fun guy. But Avengers Age of Ultron had some some merits. Um, I liked Ultron. I thought he was kind of cool. He has no strings on him. Other than that, does Avengers Age of Ultron, though, does it move you know, the Marvel story forward all too much? Or is it more of a contractual obligation sort of thing? I would say it's sort of, you know, I guess we have to make this as the stepping stone from this one to the next um, movie. And it sort of, you know, went away from the whole Thanos aspect of everything. It's that Hydra segment of the Marvel verse that I guess it we're we're dealing with here, and the, the, it lays the seeds of that Sokovia plot of everything. Right. That that whole you know what eventually leads into civil war. The Sokovia Accords. Right. Yeah, I mean, look but, for me, I have to go with Doctor Strange. You know, there's a different. You, know you remember that funny moment in Doctor Strange where he's where he's like Dormammu. Dormammu. I have come to kill you. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I loved that part. Or like that when he gets punched out of his body. It's hilarious. Yeah. I've always wanted to get punched out of my body. <laughs> Might be cool. All right. I think we're I in think agreement there. It's safe to say Doctor Strange is winning. Yeah. We're really, we're really zooming we're through cruising. here. We haven't had much disagreements yet. Uh, next one. Infinity War or Captain Marvel? I have to be honest here. I have not seen Captain Marvel. Really? I intended to watch it a few weeks ago. I started it. Didn't quite like it. I don't think that that Brie Larson character is very good. I like Brie Larson. I think she's a fine actress. I think she's a cool gal. Um, Captain Marvel as a character? Thank you. No. Um, I'll tell you why. Infinity War... Yeah, oh. sorry. The Okay. Um... The idea of doing the superhero thing is hard enough in the first place, right? Because these are, like, super-duper people. 
But, you know, the ones who are mm-hmm. always the strongest, most people point to, are sort of like Batman and Spider-Man. Because they're normal dudes who are very exceptional at what they're doing, but they're always having to balance being normal with succeeding. And whereas, like, lots of... Especially this is kind of where my argument, and this is not unpopular opinion, why DC has so much trouble making movies and making relatable characters because every one of them is like superman if if you have a superman people have to compete with him so they have to also be gods um whereas in marvel most of the people are you know they are super duper but they aren't invincible um they they die um so and the idea of like an origin story to be successful is like there's just some dude some person who's like most of the time it's more compelling if there's like a person who now enters into this lifestyle but has a lot of challenges um for Mm -hmm. her because i mean she's can do basically anything and she can you know fly and blow up spaceships and basically is just a star um it's not really interesting because she has no challenges. There's literally nothing that can stop her. So, and there's, maybe that's interesting if it's hard for her to be able to do that, but it's not because she gets, what? Like an engine explodes and now she's magic. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to like overcome any hardship other than that she like she forgot who she was. That she is not did. the same <laughs> as, I don't know, having problems and overcoming them so it just that's what makes it not interesting to me all right as far as infinity war goes i think it's the weaker one of that infinity war versus endgame i have to that's very the consensus opinion among I most like people the first one much better i i also did but 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 people you know i'm sorry are you doing this for you that or Endgame for the was people better. brian is this based on your opinion, oh. or are you trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator? You know, this is our opinion. I, I liked Infinity War. I thought it was great. Um, I had a great time seeing everybody come together. Um, was it a little silly that they snapped everybody away, but then they all came back, and obviously we knew that they were all going to come back? Um, that was a little silly. But I, I know why they had to di- do that. But, like, imagine if there were actually real stakes there. Like, people, like, didn't know about Spider-Man and, like, actually died. You know? Well, like, one person died. At least. Well, two. Who? Oh, Gilmora. She's dead. No, but people who got snapped. Right. Like, you knew they were all going to come back. Yeah. It would have been a lot better had you not just assumed that everyone would come back. How? But it was pretty how obvious. How can you not assume that? Like, is there any way? Are they going to kill off Black Panther? No. Are they going to kill Spider-Man? No. There's a movie coming out. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I guess we're in agreement here. Captain Marvel is, is done-zo. Mm-hmm. Infinity War it is. Infinity War moves on. Captain America Civil War. 
or Incredible Hulk is the next matchup. That one's also pretty easy. What do you got for me? My book. Now look, I've yeah, never not seen a lot, the Not Incredible a lot of hard Hulk, ones so far. But I know... I have also never seen it. From what I've heard and what things I've seen from it, it is not good. And it's not Winter even Mark Soldier Ruffalo. So. It's really good. So No, it's Civil War. That movie's okay. It's fine. It's better than the Hulk. I got an outlook. It'll get it'll get chopped off in the next round. Yeah. That'll die. Um, so we're consensus here. Civil War moves on. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or Ammon and the Wasp? I think these are all really easy. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. You gotta go with that. Okay. Let's not even debate these anymore. Far From Home or Iron Man 2? Far From Home. Um, Iron Man 2. Why? I like Iron Man 2. You like the electro... You know when he's in that donut? The guy who's like this? The guy with the electro... I like when he's in the donut. I like when he's sitting in the donut. I don't remember a lot of Iron Man 2, but I've also never seen Far From Home. Um, um well, look, it's imperfect. I, I just wanted to say Iron Man 2 to be different. I felt okay, like, we, all right. you know, you, I'm just trying to, you know, shock jock. Right you here. should, you should vote your conscience. But look, it wasn't, the first Spider-Man was probably better. But look, I thought mm-hmm. for entertainment value, that was pretty darn high. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. There was good music, and it was funny. And that's good. So, uh, I was at the University of Southern California Film School. There was a screening of Fire From Home. I got released early from screenwriting class to go watch it. I walked into the theater was waiting for my friend Corey to come in. Corey was not able to come in. You know, I pulled a Brian. I said, well, they're not letting Corey in. Brian's going to leave. Um, Weren't the directors there? It, eventually, a regretful decision. No, that, that was... That, you were getting to <laughs> that? That was Endgame. The, the Endgame directors were at the Endgame screening. But the Spider-Man Far From Home, nobody was oh. there for that. Um... Yeah, I, I, I just skipped it. I don't, you know, hey. one of my impulse decisions over the years. And I've never seen it since then. I just was like, yeah, I'll watch that at some point. I don't need to sit down and see this. So if I can't sit here with my friend, why, you know. Why bother? Um, I think I hold a grudge against it for that. And the, and the people running the screening were actually pretty, like, mean that time. They were rude. Like, they were, they were getting mad. They're rude. They hardly had the Trojan um, spirit. You know, I, I cut some people in line to get in there. I gotta admit, I pushed you know, people. I shoved. it wasn't my finest moment at USC. I moved mothers um, and babies as far away as I could. I stole. I cheated. I robbed. But I got a seat. Mm-hmm. But then I then I gave. You found it up. your conscience and you gave it up. Not one of my finest moments. Spider Man Far From Home. Moves on. Very well. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly moves on. So let's, you know, let's say what what we've gotten rid of so far. Who have we killed off? Being removed from this tournament is Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, 
Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, The Incredible Hulk, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Iron Man 2. Now, let's go to the second round where we will be joined by our higher seeds and the ones that have moved on from the last round. The first matchup, Black Panther or Ant-Man? Everett, this one isn't even a question. Black Panther is one of the greatest films ever to be produced. Ever put to screen. Period. (laughs) No, no. Um, I think Black Panther will be remembered not just for the quality of the film, you know, the action in it, but also what it meant for cinema as a whole. It was probably, um, one could argue, the, uh, the film that proved that movies with diverse casts, along with Crazy Rich Asians, could be in- insanely profitable in the 21st century. There was a lot of fear that films with minorities... Uh, it was an old adage in the entertainment industry that films with minorities don't do well overseas. Um, Bob Iger, the people at Disney, were like, hey, fuck it. We don't care about that. Black Panther, it's going to be amazing. And it was. And it was one of the most you know, profitable Marvel films, one of the most critically acclaimed. Oscar the winning. The only Marvel film to date to have a Best Picture nomination. Um, Ant-Man, you love it. It's a great time. I love Paul Rudd, but it is not Black Panther, and it does not move on. Everett, what are you going to say? I, I think you're going to say the same thing as I said. Yes. I agree. <laughs> Black Panther moves on. Ant-Man to the trash heap of history. Goodbye. The next one. I think it's just going to start getting a little more difficult. Divisive. The Avengers. The first Avengers. Or Captain America Winter Soldier. What do you do here? It's tough. Look, I'll tell you. Where's your heart? Tell us. Tell the audience. Better movie? Probably Captain America. More important? Probably the Avengers. Because that's where it all starts, right? And. Mm -hmm. And. This is, like, one of the first ones where you have, like, a really... You have, like, a very successful movie where you brought... You had, like, for the first time, like, a big franchise. We had a bunch of people doing their own thing. Like, the comic books, and then they're all together now. Mm -hmm. Like, Marvel was, like, proving right then that, like, the formula we're gonna do for the next decade, it's gonna work. But it's not my favorite movie. I think that, you know, what do you value most in Marvel? Is it the, you know... I think what makes Marvel special, in my opinion, are the moments in which you have, you know, these sorts of movies that I love, these franchises, these genre films that are obviously, you know, a a, a well-known thing. Someone could say Lego movie. Um, is our Legos... Everyone loves Legos. I love Legos. The Lego movie was sort of this statement about consumerism. You know, it's a little 
hyped up what Warner Brothers does there and saying Lego Movie is this smart movie. Um, but I think Winter Soldier is similar to that. I think it was the first Marvel movie that was actually good. They were all entertaining, but Winter Soldier was the first, you know, as far as a movie quality. It was good. It was a good film. Um, you could argue that Avengers meant more for the world than Winter Soldier. But I think that, you know, the thing that I think made Marvel popular is, you know, the totality of it. Not one specific moment within Marvel that you're like, pinpoint it, you know, this is where Marvel became Marvel. You know, the biggest franchise media property of all time. In totality, it's sort of like, oh my gosh, every all of these moments that happen. So to say that Avengers was the most important one of them, you know, yes, but how much value does that have? You know, I'm with you there. My pick is Winter Soldier. I want Winter Soldier to move on. I want Winter Soldier to win this whole thing. Maybe it won't. Um, but to award the Avengers is to award conservatism. And mediocrity. And valuing tradition over good progress. Did, did I make you... Did I sway your opinion here? You made me agree. You're a winner. Winner soldier, it is. Alright, moving on to our next matchup. Thor Ragnarok versus the first... Captain America, Captain America, the first Avenger, Everett. Mm-hmm. I think this is this falls into the same argument as the last one, which is creative achievement within this incredibly commercial uh, product um, versus stuff that established the com- the commercial product. Captain America, the first Avenger, is a prime example of something that established the Marvel universe. Establish the whole mythos of, of um, Captain America, Hydra, yeah, and Hydra and everything like that, Shield. Um, but Thor Ragnarok, on the other hand, um, like created basically this character that is now one of the most popular in the whole cinematic universe and one of the most liked, and it was their. I mean, I might say that because of that film, he's my favorite guy. Yeah. No joke. Well, and it's probably the the biggest com- creative um, step that Marvel has ever taken. Would you agree? Yeah. Plus, it's Taika Waititi, right? And who, uh, we love that guy. He's great. So, what do you what do you think? I think I'd have to give it to. I'd have to give it to Thor number three. I'd give it to Thor number three, too. All right. Easy. Easy money. Next matchup. WandaVision. Bring Television series. Versus. Oh, my. Doctor Strange. You know what, Everett? I don't really have a clear feeling about this. What do you, what do you think? It's really tough. Can 
I don't see any problem with comparing these due to the format difference. Do you? Mm, no, I don't think so. Between a television program and a film? Yeah, because we're just saying quality and, and importance of it in the project. The, the issue with that... From what we've seen... Oh, you go. Uh, I guess well, we'll just have to take the show as is. Because it's not done yet. Mm-hmm. If they totally botch the ending, then... You know. But I think it's fair to say, along probably with Doctor... That's what makes it hard, with Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok. This is definitely one of the most creative enterprises which Marvel has ever considered. It's very weird. Um, it's a weird movie. It's strange. It's different. Mm-hmm. And hey, it works. I like man. it. It's, I like both of them. But, <clears throat> you know, it's really hard for me to make a decision here. The movie, I did see it quite a while ago, wasn't super duper memorable. It was not instantly, I love this. I'll say that No. Much. I feel like that character sort of grew into himself. Um, yeah. His appearances in the Infinity War and Endgame movies. It was a little cooler. Because mm-hmm. he does, it's, I mean, it's a really big step to go from, like, I'm a surgeon who's full of himself to being, like, I don't believe in magic to being, like, I am a super warlock. Mm. So, which is fine. But then, you know, I can just believe that Scarlet Witch is, like, a witch, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. And everyone likes Paul Bettany. Who doesn't like Paul Bettany? I love Paul I Bettany. Paul Bettany's great. Are I you going to go Paul WandaVision? Because I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards WandaVision right now. You know what? Let's stop running around in circles and just say it. Let's That's call a one. spade a spade. Let's call a spade. Let's do Let's it. Let's just go for it. WandaVision. Lock it in. Damn! We're making some tough choices. Easy. Alright. Next one. This is also going to be excruciating. Iron Man or Infinity War? Holy shit. Oh, man. We got, like, the start of his arc and the end of... No. That's well, Endgame. In next movie. Yeah. Does not die in that. Well, it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You know what? From just going with my, with what my heart says, Infinity War. My really? God. I'm going to go Iron Man on this. How do we even settle these disagreements? Well, I'm going to... Let me, let me make a case to you in 30 seconds or mm. less. I thought that Infinity War was really cool because it wasn't too much. It felt like a good thing. I understand that the stakes were silly because it's a superhero movie and obviously everyone will be fine. Thanos was really solid villain, in my opinion. He was cool. Um, the things he was doing were actually concerning, and it was like, at the end, I, you know, you know they're going to come back, but you're like, for once, I'm like, how are they going to? And it also felt like the big... I realized it was such a big event. I was not in the theaters for Endgame going, when, you know, everyone came out of the portals. That was not me. Because I thought the first one was, like, pretty neat. Um, Now, look, I I think I've only seen Iron Man once, and it was when it came out. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. So that's a problem probably for... 
my judgment because I, I, I don't even know what happened. I mean, he gets in a cave, he builds a thing, he, he, he gets some guy, um, he bangs a hammer, and it's cool. But I just have to go with the with the second. Is there going to be an issue of brother. including both Infinity War and Endgame? No, because we're going to knock Endgame out. You think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is going to get is going to beat Endgame? Oh, that's well, the matchup that's coming up to probably, preview. Probably not, but should we have both of them? It'll happen. And if we are going to have both of them, shouldn't we say? Endgame is better, or Infinity War is better. In my opinion... Yeah, they're going to fight, and we'll get to that point. I liked Infinity War. It was the culmination of everything. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Iron Man. I've been arguing for progression over tradition this entire time. But Iron Man, man, that's the beginning of everything. You're not going to sway me. How do we do this? Get your brother. He's not even here. All right. I think you've made the choice. I mean, RIP Iron Man. I love that. It's a great one. I broke your heart. You did. Um, but, you know, I'm all about compromise. Infinity War it is. Okay, here's our next one. Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America Civil War? I think this one's pretty obvious. Guardians Cap- of the Galaxy. I mean, bleh, Guardians of the Galaxy. No question. It's my personal favorite of all the Marvel movies. I must. I- close, close second is Winter Soldier. I'm famously funny guy, and this one is funny guy energy. Funny, funny, funny. Funny stuff. It's the Dr. Hilarious movie. It's the King Dr. Funny Comedy Brain. Um, Chris Pratt. Um, do you want to even make an argument no. for Civil War? Or? No. I don't. And uh, Civil War, in the, in the comics, Civil War is this cataclysmic event that happens where... Like, it was one of the first times that all of the characters... Well, not one of the first times, but it was... Every character from all ends of the universe all came together and fought. Um, and it, it, it shouldn't have been dealt with in the way that this one was. They kind of toned it I'll down. leave it at that. Yeah. Um, should have had X-Men in it. Maybe they'll do it again. They can do that. All right, Everett. Endgame. Here's the next one. Endgame or Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Hmm. I feel like... Well, what do you think? End game. It's the end, you know? You know what? Fine. Wouldn't it have been cool if Endgame came out like six years after Infinity War? Like there was like a six year pause of it, all Marvel movies. You have like and we just didn't know what Star was gonna Wars happen. and the prequels, yeah, like twenty years. Yeah, like three hundred years. Nah, yeah. <laughs> what if it like never ended? Like that was just what, done. What if they just stopped making the movies? That'd be really funny. 
What if Marvel ended at the end of Endgame? That would have been cool. Like, I would have appreciated that. It would be really great. But, you know, I guess, you know, it's fine. Hey, the mouse needs needs some dollar bills, you know? Okay, our next one is the Battle of the Spider-Men. The Clash of the Titans. So it's just the first Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. Sp- first Spider-Man the first versus Spider-Man second Spider-Man versus second Spider-Man. First Spider-Man. Yeah, I think this is pretty easy. Spider-Man Homecoming. Because of Michael Keaton. Because of Michael Keaton, yeah, obviously. I love Michael Keaton. Alright, so that's the end of the second round. Let's go over who we've lost. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Ant-Man, The Avengers, Captain America, The First Avenger, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Jesus, Captain America: Civil War. They're in a better Guardians place. Guardians of the Galaxy now. Two, and Spider Man: Far From Home. Wow, they're in a better place. Which leaves us with Black Panther, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Thor: Ragnarok, WandaVision, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy, Endgame, and Spider Man: Homecoming. What is That's this? A pretty the good semifinals. Group. This is the quarterfinals. Quarter yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's do it. Let's just get into run it. through them. Black Panther first. First one. Black Panther versus Captain America: Winter Soldier. Black Panther. Ever. What do you say? Maybe. Um. Um. Eh. All right. The one complaint I have is that the final action scene in Black Panther doesn't look good. That's it. Mm. That's my only complaint. Um. But Captain America: Winter Soldier. I think this is the end of the line for that one. Um, it had a really good run. I wanted it to win, but... Because I think now it's kind of... Well, you know what, Everett? Actually... You're changing your vote? You had the... You killed Iron Man. Now I'm gonna kill your baby. Black Panther. I don't think it's my baby, but... Yeah. The Winter Soldier lives on. Look, okay? I just think of it as like a, a diamond in the rough now, looking back, and less like a... You know? Seminal moment? Yeah. In cinema history? It's like, looking back, that one was really good. You know? Shit, Everett! God! God damn it! Alright. Whatever you Look, say. If you're really passionate about it, I'll give you, I'll give you 15 no, more I'm, seconds. No, I, I don't really care about any of this. This is all my This is stupid. Um, so I guess Black Panther wins. Alright. Next one. Thor Ragnarok versus WandaVision. I think Rag... I think this one's pretty easy. I think for me... This is an easy Ragnarok for me. For me, it's Ragnarok. It has to be. That's probably my favorite movie of the entire thing, so... The way this is shaping up is that it's gonna be... It's gonna be, um... It's gonna be Black Panther versus Ragnarok and... Guardians of the Galaxy versus Spider-Man Homecoming. And then we just have all of the ethereal, creative the fun aspects movies. of Marvel represent. All the good ones. <laughs> oh, right. And none of the important to the storyline oh, movies. But it's fine. I don't think that's a problem. I, you need to stop structuring your, your, your... The things you had planned for this around who, what you expect people to think that you like, Ryan. It will only be interesting if you're expressing an opinion, which is at least slightly unique. All right. Thor Ragnarok it is. Now, 
Infinity War versus Guardians of the Galaxy. Everett, what do you... Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot of fun. And for movies I remember more fondly, it was definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. Infinity War, great film. Lots of stuff going on there. Lots of stuff. But one was more fun, so I'll give it to the fun one. What? I think Infinity War had a lot of memorable moments, and you have to give it all the credit it deserves for being the first movie to bring all of them together. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's there. Everybody's here. Just like um, Smash. Gar- <laughs> Just like Smash. Um, but Guardians... It's the most fun one, I guess. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. It's not just moments. I feel wait, like it's but, not just moments in that movie. It's the entire vibe. The whole darn thing. Taken for the sum of its parts, which are all good. That overall, it's probably cooler. Just because, like, hmm. you know, there. I feel like almost everything, there are no misses. Everything is a swing and a, and a, and a hit. Far baseline drive, left field. And when he's doing the middle finger when thing, when he does like the this. funny thing, classic. People in middle schools did that for years. Yeah, I mean this. This was like the. I'm sure they still do. This was the middle schooler thing. It was great. Well, people in middle school just do Fortnite dances at each other now. They don't actually. It had they, like cyberbully each other. A super epic soundtrack. Which, I don't know, a lot of those songs, like, weren't super well-known until they made the movie. Yeah. And then they were like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. everybody loves Come and Get Your Love, you know? Whatever. It's good. But was Infinity War... I don't know, what will you remember if some if the Marvel Universe was a person and it died? Wouldn't one argue that the first line of the obituary would be about the Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the biggest... You can't tell Marvel... It's the biggest part of the without. career, but it doesn't mean it was the best part. I guess you could argue that. Sometimes it's the little things, Brian. If, man, I just... I don't see why you have to play devil's advocate. There are so many moments in that, in that movie that are just, you know... Defining of all of these characters, you know? They're good. And like, the emotion, I, I really like. It was liked. a huge, epic, epic battle. And. And they lost. You know. That was cool. Let me, let me list some things for you. Let me list some moments of Infinity War to make you sway your opinion. The funny stuff happening in New York City. You have Doctor Strange. Hulk. Spider-Man. You're gonna make. Hulk can't become Hulk. He's like trying to Hulk it out and he can't. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, Rocket, Groot, and Thor. They're on that weird mining ship with Peter Dinklage, and they're trying to create a new a, a new hammer for him. Right. Awesome. Cool stuff. Vision, Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Black Widow. They're in that train station. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. And then the evil weird guys showed up. The space dudes. What are some other moments? The aliens. Um, Thanos killing Loki and all those people in the first, like, scene. That was crazy. You know what? Fine. You got me. I have to agree. At this rate... Infinity War. 
was just a strapping battle. And one could argue that it was probably the first movie where the superheroes really got their asses handed to them. Which I and you know maybe this which is, makes it different. Maybe this is just like when I liked Rogue One so much, and I will grow out of that. But I think it's cool when the when you know they didn't lose in Rogue. That's not the same, but you know mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool to see them like. But, but but there was there were some some real stakes at that moment. You felt oh shit, Loki's dead. People love Gamora's gone. He is. People yes. love you thought that they real stakes that those characters will be going away forever. Then sitting in the theater, you're like, "Holy shit, this is crazy! How could this happen?" Yeah, and it was such it was a, such a celebration, I think, of Marvel in general. You know, throughout the whole thing, like, look at what we've done, look at what we've accomplished after over these this decade. From 2008, when Iron Man came out, to now. Um, More so than Endgame did. Endgame is the end of it, but Infinity War is, like, the last hurrah of the original superheroes that everybody loved. And it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Grant Cole didn't like it, but who cares? No, well, he didn't love it, but he definitely didn't like uh, Endgame. Yeah. I wouldn't worry you know, about what Grant thinks, because if you think he's going to listen to this... Why didn't Ant-Man go inside Thanos <laughs> and then get big? I know. Well, if you think Grant's going to listen... That was my question throughout mistaken. the entire movie. Um, and now our final matchup of the quarterfinals. Endgame? Or Spider-Man Homecoming? Huh. You know what? You know, you. Let me make an argument for Spider-Man: Homecoming. You know my opinion on Endgame. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I thought it was a quick, little fun, little guy, little fun movie because uh, you know everyone loves the the British guy. He's hilarious. But it, it was the it was the first great, you know, depiction of Spider-Man in movies ever. Oh, you didn't. You didn't One like. Would say. You didn't like the first Spider-Man. Well, the the ori- original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series kind of fizzled out, but it was the first perfect Spider-Man. It was here comes you know the golden boy of Marvel to the the screen for the first time, and he joins the cinematic universe. He, you know, he made his debut in Civil War, but you know this when he was, was there, he got his own thing, and it was really exciting. I thought it was great. And definitely, mm-hmm. like, you know, I have seen the Raimi films. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're mostly, when I think about it, I think that they're funny. And that's it. They aren't necessarily funny mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be either. They are a good thing because they're, the way they're done is funny. But that's about it. And also, mm-hmm. I like Willem Dafoe. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I also like Michael Keaton. Um, so Who doesn't? Yeah, what you're, what you're saying spotlight. is that this was a very exciting introduction of a very solid guy. An important character. A great character. And, I mean, some people don't like the Iron Man bit about it. Admittedly, it is a little, like, different because, like, he, now it's, like, more about the suit and less about who he is. 
which is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really also think that the relationship it sets up between Iron Man and Spider-Man is uh, very good. And that was one of the most impactful parts. I mean, it's kind of it's a meme, but like when Spider-Man gets gets like snapped away, snapped. Iron Man's like, "My adopted son is dead." What does what does he say to him? He's, He's like, like, "No, Mister Stark, ah. I I don't want to go." And then, oh yeah, I thought he said. I in my head, I was thinking that he said, "Tony, I beg of you." <laughs> I don't think, Tony, please. I don't think, <laughs> Don't throw me into the river. <laughs> that was the, that was the line that was in my head. Tony, I beg of you. Wow, really? Please. No, he was. Yeah, but that's not actually. That's I not thought I mean. that was cool. I like because it was cool. Everybody likes Iron Man. All right, Spider Man Homecoming. Let's go. It's a win. Dub. All right, Everett. Eliminated in that in in that uh, last round. Okay. Just. Lightning elimination semifinal. Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Endgame. Those are the people we lost. R.I.P. All right. It's heating up, Everett. It's heating up. I am hot. We're We're nearing the end before we crown our Marvel champion. First match. Tough one. Black Panther or Thor Ragnarok. I'm an open book on this one. Everett, you sw- sway me some way. Make a statement. You mean you Say have no something. opinion? I am not leaning anyway and here's could my, be swayed no, either here's way. My, I, lightning elimination round. I'm going to make this easy for you. Ready? I liked Ragnarok better. That's all I have to say. I think The Rock is funny. Agreed. Rockman funny. Rockman funny. What's his name? <laughs> Best Picture nominee, Rockman Funny. Rockman Funny. Important for the history of of inclusion of people of color in the entertainment industry. Rockman Mm, Funny. Stan Stan, Stan Lee cut off Thor's hair. That was funny. That was great. Remember when Hulk showed up? Remember when Jeff Goldblum was there? Ah, Jeff Goldblum. And it was like a... like a like a kid who was on set for like a make a wish thing I think and he was like hey what if Thor said he's a friend from work and it was good and it was great okay Black Panther you know if this was the what it was the most important Marvel movie tournament this would be very different Black Panther would win hands down I I exalt but the work that went into the great film but I like the other one better. So that's all I have to and say. And it's, it's come very far. Black Panther has come a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we, we got to give it to Thor Ragnarok. I have to. I, so it's the only, it's the only thing that's it right. Would, I would be remorseful if I did not. All right. R.I.P. Black Panther. See ya. Infinity War or Homecoming. Everett. <sighs> Infinity War. I, I'm, I gave my impassioned speech on Infinity War moments ago. I, you know what? Let's have. I that, don't think I have to make it again. No, that same energy is going to keep carrying us through. I agree with what you're saying. There's no homecomings fine, but it cannot compete. Um, for me, it's <laughs> an easy dub. For the Avengers. And that's not even technically a Marvel movie because it's, it's owned by Sony. 
Right. I mean, it's a Sony property. If And if we said that, we'd have to, there'd be a lot of trouble, a lot of papers to sign. Look, I think it's easy to say Infinity War. So we just lost Black Panther and Homecoming. Is this it? Is this the final now it's, round? This is the final round of it. Okay. This is what Add we've all boxing, been waiting for. Ring, ding, ding, sound effect. Here we go. Clash of the ding, Titans. Ding. Thor Ragnarok. In this corner. The funny, the funniest, most intense creative achievement. Probably WandaVision was weirder. But Thor Ragnarok turned around a character that is now one of the best. My favorite. It's the most creative, probably the most creative thing that they've ever done. Guardians, WandaVision, Doctor Strange, Black Panther could be part of that. Infinity War. Likely the most significant Marvel movie. If there was an obituary for the Marvel movie, this would be in the first line. This would be written on Marvel's tombstone. This is the pièce de résistance of the Infinity Saga. It would be the Dublin or Delaware on their chest of the situation. This is what they have been working towards. You know, I remember the Magnum Opus. You see Thanos at the end of Avengers and you're like, holy shit, what's that? Who's that guy? And then years and years, you know, me being a little, a little nerdy, a little weird, you as well. Hey. Both of us have pro- were probably waiting for years for this Thanos event to happen. I was. And um, here's another thing. I, I didn't see Hulk in the theater, but when Iron Man came up, I saw that. And I saw every mm-hmm. single one of those, like, 22 movies with my dad in the movie theater. And it was all... Uh, that's what I did. And it was great. Tear up, buddy. You know, not everyone was great. But every time I went, it was uh, it was wonderful. And you know what? I think... Riding around, it was a solid movie. But since we did three things, and at the beginning, I was kind of vying for... Uh, the infinite war at this rate after this gauntlet i think they've worked hard enough to go what it takes and we would be remiss to not award this to infinity war well i'm in agreement with you let me tell my infinity war story first all right the year is whatever. I don't know when this came out. Um, whatever year this came out. 2017. Me. 18. Me, Benjamin Jackson Foisey, and William Robert Foisey all pile into my brother's Ben's Jeep. We head down to Paris Pizza. Not that good. In that, you know, Rennie's parking lot in Wells. Not that good. Wait, wait, wait. That pizza place? No, that's really Not good. Not Seacoast Pizza. Seacoast Pizza? Not Seacoast Pizza. Okay, the one. all right. It wasn't very good. Pizza was bad. Seacoast Pizza is great. Ben, ben had bought a shirt at Target that said Marvel on it the day before. Awesome. We're all hyped. We're all hyped. You cannot he wears that. All, he wears that often. We're in there. We got our popcorn. I'm chomping on Raisinets. We were at Flagship Cinemas. It was an amazing movie experience. The same way people, people, you know, our parents' age talk about 
when I saw Star Wars or when I saw, you know, Jurassic Park for the first time, this will be our generation's version 1977 of 1977 Star Wars release. Um, and I will always remember seeing Infinity War. I will remember the lead up to Infinity War. It was something I anticipated for so many years. And it met all those expectations and exceeded some of them. Thor Ragnarok is an amazing movie. A hilarious movie. Should be award- awarded for everything. Lauded. But Infinity War takes the cake. Everett Beals. We have a champion of our Marvel gauntlet. And that champion is... Whom we are pleased to crown. Infinity War. The champion. Wow. Wow. I learned a lot. So coming in... About myself, about you, and about movies. To recap. First place, Infinity War. Second place, Thor Ragnarok. Third place, are we going to say Spider-Man Homecoming or Black Panther? Which one would you put over? Black Panther. I'd say Black Panther. Yep, no doubt. Then Homecoming... Then Guardians of the Galaxy. That's our trial. We'll stop it right there. And we'll stop it right there. Everett, that was excellent. This is a great segment that will continue to live on in the hearts of all of us for years. But the episode is not over Hardly over. Ladies and gentlemen. However much I want it to be. Synchronize your watches. Listen for the alarm. Something's about to happen. Hold on to your butts, because it's time for that Bozo of the Week. Should I sing the song? It's time for the Bozo Who will be the Bozo of the Week? This being the most important and most impactful task among other Bozos of the Week that I've ever undertaken, Brian... Please. Seriously! Bring us through this week's candidates. Ever to have some nominees for ya? And who are they? Our first one. You are a Bozo! Our first... The king of all Bozos. Bozo! The reigning Bozo champion. We've talked about him already on this episode. Governor Andrew Cuomo. What a Bozo. You are a Bozo! It's important to restate, he is under investigation by the FBI the uh, federal uh, attorney in Brooklyn, and he may be impeached as governor. What a friggin' bozo. He has been a bully for years. He's been a friggin' bozo. And, um, you know, he has not apologized. This man will not apologize. If Cuomo tomorrow said, I resign, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. He could even pull a Nixon and say... Not even apologize and just resign and be done. Yeah. Resign, dude. That's our first Bozo He's a nominee. Bozo, all right. Everett, the second. You are a Bozo. Governor Greg Abbott. Ooh. We got a lot of governors in the show Yikes. today. That Cuomo Newsom Abbott trio. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Am I right? Or the bad, the bad, and the um, formerly married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. The bad, the worst, and the terrible? <laughs> yeah. 
the Alexander and the horrible, no good, very bad day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Greg Abbott, can you tell I didn't write anything for this segment? Yeah. I'm just riffing. I'm just riffing. You can tell. I'm just riffing. Greg Abbott, his state right now is ex- experiencing some extreme weather, extreme cold temperatures, power failures everywhere. And Greg Abbott goes on Fox News and he's like, the friggin' wind turbines, they froze. Kind of a bozo move, you ask me. It's something that only a bozo could do. <laughs> now listen, I'm not going to point fingers. But I know a bozo when I see one. Sorry, Governor. You're in trouble. Our next nominee for Bozo of the Week. You are a bozo. Cancun Ted. Ted Cruz, Cancun Cruz. Ted Cancun Cruz just wanted to go down to Cancun with my kids. Vacation. Like you do. His wife was like every average like every average dad, when my girls say, Daddy, take me to Cancun, I have to take them. What am I gonna say? No. Every parent has had this conversation with their kids at one point. And they have all had to come to the same conclusion that Ted Cruz came to. I will give my child whatever they want. When your child says, take me to Cancun, you take your goddamn child to Cancun. What can we blame the guy for? Your kids say, hey, Dad, let's go to Wally World. You drop everything and you drive to L.A. This is a joke. This is a joke. This was bad. This was a bad move. Kind of a bozo move. (laughs) Hey, Brian, here's a question. What happens when the next nominee's name is Brian Foisy? I mean, you're, you're on thin ice, buddy. Look, let's make this simple, okay? It is pretty much a bozo thing to do. But like we said, not a huge deal. Does it matter? Not a huge deal. I mean, who cares? But it is really stupid. And that's all we have to say. This final bozo... We'll not win this, but it's interesting to put them in there to make a point. Sort of like Tulsi Gabbard. Not going to win, but you know. It would be fun if she was there. <laughs> um, Everett, have you seen the, the movie Malcolm and Marie? I have not. Does that have someone I would know in it? Like It does have... Uh, Zendaya and I know Zendaya uh, because she was in Shake It Up. Yes, and Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Um, Everett Malcolm Marie is a new film that stars Zendaya, John David Washington, John David Washington being Denzel Washington's son. Uh, John David Washington plays a uh, African American filmmaker who has just had a uh, film premiere for a movie that is now being critically lauded and it depicts the film depicts the uh night after that and the ensuing arguments between uh malcolm's character john david washington's character malcolm and zendaya's character marie who is his girlfriend the film is directed by sam levinson our final bozo nominee sam levinson 
is also the writer of the film. He also did the acclaimed HBO series Euphoria. May have heard of it. Hey, it's a pretty big Zendaya's thing. in that too. Zendaya's also in that. One might call Zendaya Sam Levinson's muse in some ways. Um, Sam Levinson is uh, many years her senior. That will be uh, detailed further later. Um, so... Not to spoil the film for those who have seen it, but a lot of it revolves around the fact um, that this filmmaker character is sort of a bit arrogant and is angry at people for um, not always having seen him as the creative visionary that he is now being seen as in Hollywood. Um, Sam Levinson had a bad review from an L.A. Times film critic. Um, I'm not exactly sure what her name was, but there is a film critic who is mentioned in the film several times from the LA times who is, you know, eviscerated by John David Washington's character, Malcolm and Malcolm shares some weird thoughts about the film industry and how people, um, shouldn't be as woke as they are. Or people should stop trying to pretend to be woke, is I guess what he's saying. But Sam Levinson has sort of put these words, uh, written by a white man, into the mouth of a black filmmaker in this film. The general reason why he's a Bozo nominee is that Sam Levinson is taking his opinions of Hollywood, the inner workings of Hollywood, the uh, political and social opinions of many Hollywood filmmakers and his thoughts on all of those things. He's putting those into the mouth of a black filmmaker who people should not be disagreeing with about race. Some might misconstrue those opinions as the opinions of black filmmakers in general because the character is black in the film. Um, but it's Sam Levinson's thoughts and he's using this character as a mouthpiece um, for those thoughts, which is strange. Um, is he a great Bozo nominee? No. I just wanted to talk about it and throw it in there. Okay. I haven't seen Euphoria or the movie, but Brian, from what you just told me, I can unequivocally say that that's pretty dumb of him to do. He sounds like a bit, a little bit of a, of a stoopy, a little bit of a Bozo head, you know what I'm saying? A little weird, too. A little of a weird guy. Does that make him a bozo? Probably. Does it make him bozo of the week? Probably not. No. All right, Everett. Walk me through Final. the three real options. I, 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 let's just put him as a put real option. Put just, Sam Levinson. You know. Okay, our four real options are Governor Andrew Cuomo, Governor Greg Abbott, Senator Ted Cruz, and Tim Levinson. Everett Beals. Me first? Who is your pick for Bozo of the Week? Look, I'll say this. I'm going to rule out Greg. I'm going to rule out Ted. You know why? It's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. I was not shocked. We, we, we saw this coming. If you didn't expect something like this to happen, then what were you doing? You weren't paying attention. Now, Andrew... That, to me, is a much more serious bozo problem, mm-hmm. which New York is going to face, and which probably, 
most Democrats will have to consider that, hey, you know what, even though we finally won this year, you know, we are certainly not infallible. And there is plenty of corruption going on, and there's a lot of people who are still going to use executive power, use and abuse it, like Andy. Probably the other thing is like we've saying. If you if you abuse it and you use it, you're gonna you're gonna lose it. <laughs> People further on down the line, things are gonna be so fine. <laughs> yes. You be sitting there on your little machine <laughs> trying to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can remember the whole Jake. It's Jake Giles, right? But you know that she ain't going to call you. I said I must. <laughs> um. Point being. Sorry. This I I understand people who actually live in new york and work there understand that he's not awesome but for the rest of everybody else who is like man this guy's so cool why doesn't he run for president he tells it like it is the good way and because he's not weird um turns out actually people who are he is weird people who are kind of self-obsessed and are sort of arrogant populist leaders are bad no matter what they think so, mm-hmm. to me, Brian, I think he deserves being Bozo of the Week twice to become Bozo of the Fortnite. Do you want to make the case for Sam and all? Or do you care about that? I, what? He's not my nominee. I. If he was, if this was the movie Bozo of the Week, specifically for the film industry... Sam Levinson would win, hands down. But that's not where we are. I think this is also the case of there's no movie moment this week because I didn't prepare one. Um, But if there were to be one, that would have been the topic of it. And I just wanted to find some place to put those thoughts. So I put them here. And there's nothing wrong with that. Probably not the smartest decision. You know, it's fine. To each its own. His own. Their own. Not it. To each its own. What? <laughs> to each their own. Wait, what? That sounds stupid. Well, it's it's his, but if you want to be gender neutrally. To each its own. Its own. Their own. Whatever, ever. Just. Did you pick Cuomo? Yes, I did. That was an epic bozo moment. So, how many wins does Cuomo have to have before we call this the Andrew Cuomo Bozo Award? <laughs> no. We're giving. <laughs> The Andrew Cuomo Memorial Career Memorial Bozo Awards. <laughs> Look, from the candidates we have here, I think he's deserving of it. But you know what? Yes. You don't have to nominate him every week. Uh, I, I just might. <laughs> I might. Maybe this is just the part. If he, if he continues to be a bozo, then I'm going to keep nominating him. He brought it upon he himself. Is, he is he is on on Bozo Mountain. He's king of the you bozos. Know. The thing that is the worst bozo offense is claiming you're not a bozo for so long, but then turning and, and out like to be I a said, big bozo. Claiming to be the anti-bozo. Donald Trump. Huge bozo. I mean, never been nominated so far. He probably won't be. But everyone knows he's a bozo. The thing about being a bozo of the week is that you're surprised that this happened. That's why Ted didn't win it this week. 
So up on Bozo Mountain where Ted Cruz and Greg Abbott and that Sam guy and all the other Bozos and Courtside Karen, where they all live, Cuomo is ascending to the governor of the great state of Bozo The governor York. of Bozo Mountain. <laughs> the governor of Bozo Mountain. And he will soon be joined as lieutenant governor by <laughs> Gavin Newsom when I nominate him next week. And we have – next week's tournament is going to be all the governors versus each other. <laughs> Good. The devil's administration. Wow. That's awesome. So is that right, it? Have, have we decided? That's it with the episode, I think. Good. Well done. Well – Let's say our goodbyes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week, hopefully. I mean, no promises. But, Everett, it's been a real pleasure, as it always is, to be in your presence. Thank you. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. And have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example.